hey, apparently we're big in Japan. Or at least, you know, like We, we get a significant number of our downloads from Japanese listeners or, or even expats in Japan, but we love that. Yeah, so if you're listening to us in Japan or anywhere else in the world for that matter, send us a note at message somebody at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. It was like a really like hardcore serious uh, financial firm, but like the, <laughs> all the website. rest of the domains were taken. Wait, what are you so talking they about? Were, they're, they're, it was an SNL sketch. Uh, it was like a, a fake commercial for a financial firm, and everything else was taken, so they had to come down to clownpenis.fart. <laughs> Which yeah. my then girlfriend pointed out to me is like, dot fart's not a real whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it could be now. The laws have changed. But Ryan also used to introduce girls that he was seeing as, uh, this is my current girlfriend. That is true. And you know what? <laughs> that as much as it amused me, As much as it amused me, it really didn't go over so well with no, him. No, I still think it's among, it's it's funny but dangerous. No, it's it's very funny but bad, bad. That's bad. Yeah. I've quit doing that as of late. Yeah. Um, well, that's probably a good idea. Hey, we're on. Yeah. We're almost for a minute. Yeah. Well, like uh just I one of these days we're gonna look up and it'll be like an hour later. Hey, can can I say this real quick? Like Mark, since last week, it looks like you've paired up your handlebar mustache with a there's a little bit of a soul patch there. Mark yeah. looks like he's slowly turning into a character. Or it wasn't as big like, as that. It's like I'm waiting for some know, everyone suspenders here. and like um Homemade bitters? Yes. Uh, he's going to bring in. Uh, like an arm garter? I, I've ordered my joppers from Amazon already. Joppers. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I feel That's like, a good new thing. I feel like you look some like it's somewhere, there's like somewhere between like the Monopoly Man and um, John Lennon on the uh, Sergeant, Pepper. Sergeant Pepper's cover. I've, yeah. been, I've been getting a lot of that around. Yeah, lately. And this is where podcast as a medium really fails our listeners. That's true. They yeah. just. That can't, is that is can't true. regale in your finery. It's the wonders of their imagination. Well, all right, boys. One will only hope. Mark, you can leave everything we've just said, but um, just edit out all the <laughs> dead air. <laughs> all Whatever. Right. All right, let's I'm, get to it. All right, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. I'm Mark. Somebody likes it. In uh, in sad Canada news, uh, they are mourning the uh, the passing of tragically hip singer Gord Downey, and the and the prime minister cried. He cried. Cried. Was, Justin, but, right? Justin Trudeau. Yeah. 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 So let me say this: like, I actually, it actually humanizes that band and Justin Trudeau in a way in my mind like that's something that well, they're, like, they're like Canadian national treasures and they went are up, yeah the, went out on the last tour I and mean, Justin Trudeau is a is a pretty young dude especially to be the the head of a of a national government and and like it, he genuinely was broken up about this oh yeah they're a very 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 big deal in Canada they are but I, it, not just that I mean it doesn't I mean they were a national Canadian treasure but it it, it that's when it hit home when I was listening to an excerpt of his speech and he just like lost it for a few seconds and like it I was like oh that's really sad you know like it, it brought to home like you know we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about how much it means how how much it meant to people when Tom Petty died you know here 
and I feel like it's like that times like five in Canada. That's exactly the number I was gonna gonna guess you were gonna well, say. Well, then, like, no, there no. you go. Let's just drop the fuck. There's oh. a really great BBC article on on his passing, and uh, and you know this kind of makes sense. It said. Downey's music touched many Canadians in part because of his unabashed love for his country. His songs are peppered with references to Canadian towns, history, and obscure hockey references. All of that's true. At least it was in the record that we covered uh, several months ago. That was what, what like six or seven months ago? Something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah, but he was you know already on record as being pretty sick then. Uh, anyway, there are quotes in this article from uh, Rush who said it was a sad, sad day for Canada and for Canadian music. Uh, Canadian musician Kevin Hearn of the Bare Naked Ladies. They're just name-checking all the other Canada. All the other, like, really <laughs> famous Canadian bands. Yeah. So, anyway, um, at who I guess the dude from the Bare Naked Ladies was the one who christened them the uh, Canada's house band. So, anyway. I can see uh, that. Rest in peace, Gord Downey. One of the two Gords. They, that in, in band the had band. two gourds in it. Not in one of band. the two gourds, like in um, in Canada. You mean like a large squash? <laughs> okay, so thanks. Yeah, nice to... Now I'm yes. lost. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you had something? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, I think Mark sent this around, and, and um, Billy Corgan's being batshit crazy again. Oh, yeah, this Imagine was great. That. This is a really great. I was pretty excited to see this come over the... Uh, Telex machine or however Mark yeah, said that. Yeah, so this to. was on Spin.com, and the headline is, William Patrick Corgan says he saw a human shapeshifter, easy enough to say, human shapeshifter, but, quote, it's hard to explain. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Kevin, uh, you listened to the Stern Show. Did you happen to catch this one? Where uh, where he talked about uh, some, having Seeing seen a shapeshifter? No, but I didn't. Then, I mean, it's the kind of thing that you would, you really probably wouldn't forget. So, no, I, I did not hear Billy Corgan uh, talk about seeing a shapeshifter, but I do believe that he is exactly as bananas as I thought he was before I read this article. So he says, imagine you're doing something and suddenly you turn around and there's somebody else standing there. Stern says, a different human? Corgan, sort of. It's hard <laughs> to explain without going into detail. I'd rather not go into details. Stern, but did you say to the person, what did you just do here? Corgan, yes, and they acknowledged it. Stern, and what did they say they were from another planet? Corgan, they wouldn't explain. Okay, can I just say one thing real quick? Why is it always when people experience things like that and they want to tell the stories, they never want to tell you the fucking details? Like, just, you know what? I don't believe a word that you're saying, and it does sound crazy. And there was always nobody else around. And there's nobody else around. I think you need to go into the fucking details, dude. You're saying you weren't on drugs, you were totally sober. Eh, you know, perhaps. Like, there's one of three possibilities. Uh, you're lying, you were on drugs, you were dreaming. So this is the one time I think maybe Alex Jones might have extracted the truth a little bit uh, easier than Howard Stern, because, you know, he's he's going to see the false flag where it is. And uh, Wait, how did Alex Jones Yeah, how did this become truth? a political thing? Um, it's, it's, not not it's not political. Alex Jones is. Alex Jones is like, nuts. No, there's what, a lot of what, shit that he says that's not political. One of the one of the things that uh, this reminds me of is that I have like so I have a I have a soft spot for uh, television mediums. Like I just get a kick out of that stuff. 
Like, it's equally as crazy as... By like, mediums, uh, you mean, like, psychics? No, just people that are in the middle of like, something. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, television <laughs> isn't uh, a medium. Like the dude that had that, he had that show, like, people. crossing over for a while. Like well, that dude. right, yeah, so there's John that Edward. guy, yeah. and then uh, now the one... There's a lady that's on tour that was just here. The Long Island medium was just in Austin. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so, anyway, I just... I can sit down and watch that. I watch that stuff like Ryan watches old Law procedurals. Yes, exactly. So, um, uncle. Yeah. But it's like, but that's the thing is like the people, they never ask the questions that I want them to ask. And typically what I just want them to ask is like, how's it going over there? (laughs) Well, there's a lot of like, I'm sensing a D over here. Somebody recently have somebody pass that has a D in their name. Is, is there somebody in this room, right? Is there somebody in this room that has a heartbeat? I'm sensing, I'm sensing yeah. this person sensing say that there's somebody here. here with, there's some energy in this room somewhere. <laughs> well, Anybody have any energy? So, yeah. So, and you get, uh, we've probably already gone on too long about this, but it's like, probably. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> says probably. Anyway. A medium would probably say yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the name anyway. of this week's record uh, might actually tie into all that. Oh, tell us. Uh, well, it's called, uh, How Did I Get Here? By, by uh, Dream Syndicate, not Dream Theater. <laughs> by the way, I, I, okay, we'll get to Dream Theater later. But thank for you for forcing that into a segue right there. That was very slick. Sure, no, I have a lot of appreciation. I'm for almost that. a professional. It's actually how did I find myself here? Is it how did I find myself? Okay, yeah. well, yeah. whatever. But I'm, I'm happy for us to abbreviate it to how did I get here? It's like, paraphrasing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Dream Syndicate band that had a heyday. Uh, Did they ever really, though? (laughs) Well, apparently their first record is critically celebrated. And they've been on, like, a bunch of, like, legit labels. And they just kind of slipped through the cracks. And they have been... They were undercard on some big tours when they first got on A&M. They opened for... They they supported U2 and R.E.M. And, like, so they've been seen. And that, that first record in particular is lauded. But, yeah, just... It just really never broke for them. So, and the way that this whole thing came together, the record that you're, we want to talk about tonight, I think is pretty interesting too. We'll say, okay, so they broke up in 1989, got back together in 2012. As Not, happens. Yeah, that's what a band does. Um, and, you know, it wasn't with all the original members, but a couple of them, and, and like one of them I think makes a brief uh, appearance on this record. Um, but waited another... Uh, five years to actually put out a new record and ironically it sounds to me like the decade that they didn't exist well if wait they, clarify that so, th- so it sounds like it's from the 90s to me uh oh, i could see that and, so and like, they, like they not just, in a bad way they got frozen in time from that last album well and 1989 they just picked up here yeah, and just we're like making up for lost time. Yeah, like for that decade because to me, it's hey guys. A, I can totally see that. Yeah, there's a lot of like kind of shoegazy stuff and and you know like early '90s and like and I didn't mean to pick a record that but we've done this two weeks in a row now. Um, that sounds a little bit like a relic, but it's new. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think? Shane. Shane's taking Shane, a pregnant Shane, pause. I was just waiting for somebody else to say what they thought about it before. You I know what? Getting in on this one. I found this album particularly dull. It okay. sounded like a bunch of dudes that had a relatively successful band in the '80s, and then they went on to work in whatever industry—construction, tech. <laughs> 
for you know whatever industries, and then they got maybe, together. Maybe constructed technology, and then and then they and then they got prostitution. To, uh, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, candy High making, lie. like I don't yeah. know, brewing beer. No, that would be a little hip. But you know what? Like they made False. who just whatever industry you want to pick. Yeah, and they went and they raised their kids, but they continued to jam with their friends, like with canned beer, you know, on the weekends, every so often in the garage, and then they decided to get it back together once the kids went back to college or went off to college. And um, sound like a bunch of dads putting a band together. Yeah. I mean, I I did not dislike it. No, just, it wasn't. It I wasn't give it bad. more credit than that. And I think it part wasn't. of that is you knowing the backstory of it. No, I didn't. I before I went back in there, and but I do have a story to tell you about this band that I figured out later. Um, that it's it, not to me, Dream Theater. It was boring as fuck, man. It, like, but it wasn't bad. Mark is right about that. Like, there are some there were some interesting things. However, what, what's the demarcation point between boring as fuck and bad? Well, I mean, like if it were on in the back, well, there were some really bad. So I would say about half this album is really bad. How do you? What's the difference between boring and hardcore boring? Like that's really what I'm trying. Hardcore to boring is for me like I will immediately hit. I would immediately hit the button. So like Richard Marks. But that's, no, 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 well, no, 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 so, no, 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 no. So that's hardcore bad. There, so there is boring I, and hardcore boring. I think it's like you can have. A droning sound in the background, and it doesn't really bother you that much. Or you can have something that is so non-existent in the sense of like its interest that it bothers you. Like you need something there, and I think that maybe that's so the demarcation. Here's kind of where I, where I landed on it. Like I think it's actually a pretty good record. However, however. It sounds stale as fuck. I wouldn't call it boring. It just sounds like it's old and it's not. Like, it's kind of past its expiration Yeah, but some day. people do. Okay, so to that point, there are some people that we, and we've, we've actually brought up a lot of, of albums um, or, or artists over the course of this last year that do stuff that sort of sounds like their heyday, like, you know, um, Slow Dive or... Or so ride or granddaddy, or granddaddy, like you know that sounds like when they, that they're preserved in amber too. But the songs are so much better. I don't want it. Like the first song, this album goes on for like ten minutes. He's talking about there's a stag and a boar and a like. What the fuck are you talking about here? Like, I um, remember that part of it. Or when, I, whichever one that goes on when he's talking about his dream. Like he's talking about. Like, you might be talking. I got about, into shuffle, by the way. So I, when I say first, yeah, I think you might be talking about how did I find myself here? The um, title track, which which goes on for thirteen minutes. Yeah, it's and, so. And I would say that the beginning of that song in particular was the one thing that I enjoyed about this album. Well, it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like a jam band. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's jam no, 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 band. No, no, no. Jam band via Madchester. No, that, yes. no, that that no, that I, song. I agree that, with that. The title track is the instrumental song on this. It, no, it well, starts no, there out are, as an instrumental. There are vocals in it, but you have to hang in there for seven for a, or eight minutes. For a long yeah. time. No, I'm talking about the song <laughs> that from the very beginning he's talking about. He had a dream last night, and then he's talking about like stags and boars and hunting them and stuff like that. And I was like, what the. F- Fuck am I listening? We're back in the Renaissance Festival again no, I this think week. Ryan just did doing some rush. No, we were I thought no, we, 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 oh, we were we were we were doing that Fly last, by night. That's rush. Away <laughs> from here. See, that's pretty good. Uh, you wanna you wanna play one of these guys? Yeah, I I do want to play a little bit of and I don't actually don't think it's the best song of the record, but it is the one that I was listening to on our favorite radio station, K two K U T X. Which uh Filter me through you, and it's just it hits some of my buttons that are still there from twenty five years ago or whatever. Um, 
and I think it's a pretty good song about codependency. So I like it when you say that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting. I was hoping you would say that. There's a lot to unpack on the other side, basically, is what you're saying. paying attention to lyrics but like the first time I ever heard that I was like oh this is clearly about somebody who like is just you know having a rough time and like filtered me through you like I just want to do whatever prostrate yourself to this other person Um, also and we'll get back around to the song but Shane I'd like this came out on anti records one of the many like pretty prominent labels this band has been on at some point but Shane will you read the um, um, so Wikipedia puts out like a, a little paragraph about their entries, uh, but if you just read that out for us, this is very funny. Anti is an American record label founded in 1999 as a sister label to Epitaph. While Epitaph's focus has mostly been on punk rock, Anti's roster includes country, hip hop, reggae, soul, indie folk, rap rock, indie rock, and Tom Waits. It's the last. <laughs> It's the Tom Waits. You can't, you can't put him in any of those other categories. <laughs> like, I don't. What the hell are we going to say about Tom Waits? You know, like, the Tom yeah. Waits part is hilarious, but however, the rest of it is country, hip hop, reggae, soul, techno, indie folk, rap rock. Any, you know, he doesn't fit into any of those. And Tom Waits. And Tom Waits. <laughs> He's his own genre. We we cover every single like genre of music and there is. Of that whole doctrine. and Tom Waits. <laughs> professor and Marianne and Tom Waits. <laughs> Boy, that would have made so that show weird. a lot more interesting. Like, sure. like every they couple of episodes, Troubadour. Yeah, like, they would have wandered on to Tom Waits. He's like, ah, oh, stuck on an island. <laughs> plank, I don't want to grow up, <laughs> Gilligan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what that album? You know what that song sounds like to me? I think that's the best song on the album, from my point of view, and it. I still don't love it, but it's you know there's nothing again. I I, I don't entirely dislike this album, but um, that that song basically sounds like um, in no in like in every way um, the Smithereens without it the without like the chimey so. guitars. Yeah, no, it definitely has a Smithereens slowed down a little like bit rhythm yeah. to yeah. it. Uh, that was the that one sounds the most Smithereensy. There's some other Smithereensy stuff too. Like you said, it was the '90s. Like there's some shoegazy stuff, like guitar stuff. But songwriting wise, it sounds like they stopped and like put them there's, in there's amber some Stone Roses stone and stuff on here. Uh, With the way the guy's voice sounds and the way his lyrics sound and the way the most of the, these songs sound, like it it feels like it's stuck in 1989 to me. But, well, uh, so okay, so they were part of this 
scene called the Paisley Underground. Yeah, oh, we're, I was just going to bring aware. that up. Uh, Kevin, expound. Yeah, no, the well, and and I was going to ask for your opinion, on, Ryan, on what you think of the Paisley Underground. I mean, the, the way that it gets defined uh, in the Wikipedia set is is as a subgenre of jangle pop, but that's not right. really how I. That's think not about, what this is. That's not what I think of, of this at all. No, um, and I like having like read a lot of music journalism back in the day, like that scene would kind of pop up, you know, mostly in um, conjunction with like something about the bangles. Because uh, they were. Opal. I, re- I always think about Opal. Uh, green like... on red, uh, rain parade. And so it was like kind of like the. I don't know, probably if I was living in Los Angeles at the time, probably the scene I would have gravitated towards most, but like, I don't know. I did buy a green on red record once, and I was like, eh. So. Yeah, there, there's no bands that have ever, like, like, oh, I wanted to say this. So I bought. Um, their second to last, and I was like, when you when you brought this up uh, uh, last week or whatever, like this is this is the band, and I was making fun of saying Dream Theater, but then I was like, man, I know, I know that band from somewhere, and then I um, I went and looked at all their album covers, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I owned an album by the I uh, tape, excuse me, by these guys, and I did. It was out of the gray. It was their second to last album. I distinctly remember the cover. I listened to it one time through and gave it to my brother. Like, all right. like so it's just not my thing. No, that's all I'm saying. It's just not my... It's well, just, apparently... It wasn't my thing back then, and it's not my thing now. So, so oh, apparently oh, their first record... Um, oh, what was it called? Uh, Days of Wine and Roses. Right. It was, like, super well-received. And then they made a couple personnel changes and didn't really get their mojo back. And well, and they ended up gravitating toward a little bit more of a mainstream... You know, a little bit more of a mainstream direction. That and the phrase has been you know they've been associated. Some of the later work has been associated with more of a roots rock thing. Yeah, and so. that apparently that first record was more punky, and so like they're it you is. know at least you know they they had fans, uh, but they felt a little betrayed when they kind of left that. Don't sound. all bands though? Don't all don't all bands unless you hit like the one percent. I mean, don't all bands feel betrayed by at least band members or label? I'm not saying that these guys are you wrong. Mean fans feel betrayed. Yeah, yeah, saying the fans. Don't all yeah. fans feel betrayed eventually? If, by, you, if you have like your band, yeah. And they I mean, don't they don't they always? Yeah, feel it's betrayed? a weird push pull thing because I I get it. Like for the artists, like you don't want to get stuck in a rut and make the same record over and over again. But then you could be like, so, well, th- but, but see, here's part of it. I think that sometimes, like, you can do like you could be like a U2 or or an REM. Um, both of those bands, both of those, as far as I'm concerned, like dropped off. Right, like, because what career. they tr- because what they tried to do was go out there and try new stuff without caring about what the actual contents of the songs were. They just wanted to move forward as a band. You know, like you, did they, or was it contractual obligations? Like, no, I don't. Th- like, I don't think so. I think that especially like if you look at YouTube's pop, um, that album, they're like, we want to, f- we want to try new stuff and stuff like this, but not alienate the fan. That I think that they care less about the songs at that point than they care. You, that, whereas you have somebody like I'll give you a good example, Spoon, who like keeps trying new and different things, but puts the songwriting first and then does the other stuff I around I think you're it. right about that, but Spoon's never got to the same heights that you 2 or R.E.M. did. Sure, but I guarantee and you they've gotten to good enough heights, man. And my, my guess is, uh, my opinion, uh, if I were wagering man, I think R.E.M. stuck it out through the end of their contract because they 
employed a lot of people. They had an office in Athens that that was people's day jobs, you know, and I, I don't know this for sure, but they probably had insurance and whatnot, and, like, they didn't want to let people down. But when they were done, they were like, well, that's fine, a, we're done. That, that's, sure, that's a sure a weird way to think about, like, being creative, though. I mean, like... Well, no, gonna, I, I think gonna... they dropped off, like, pretty badly, uh, and they just stuck it out because yeah, people that's a, relied on them. But that's a weird way to defend, like, a like a band sticking around or, 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 or a weird, like, um, I don't know. Like That's a, my best guess. Um, just from having I just read. think they creatively dropped off, and a lot of people do, and there's nothing wrong to be said about that. But I mean, like, if you listen to an album like Up, which is a good sounding record, the songs weren't that great. Um, but, you know, and U2 has gone back and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, a lot of people do. I haven't heard a good U2 song in 20 years, at least. Oh, man. I mean, I wouldn't say 20 I mean, years. I mean, I would say, like, that. Um, I mean, like, I don't know, whatever. I don't really give a shit about U2 at all. I'm just saying that, like, a lot of times people try to go out band wise will try to go outside of their comfort zone but still try to keep the fans pleased in the middle of it so they they end up caring less about the songs than they than they care about like keeping like stuff in this equilibrium i don't know that's what i think well the the reviews that i've looked at and this is usually kevin's purview and i won't go into detail about it they've been largely positive about this record despite what you think yeah, one, check in with you. Well, I was actually going to share a snippet from the Pitchfork take on this, and they said that they were talking about the you know the long break, uh, you know the the big hiatus that they took, and said during the long hiatus, the Dream Syndicate stature has grown thanks to Days of Wine and Roses, which sounds according to the guy who wrote it, timeless thirty five years later, and has been reissued twice, which is interesting. Um, said the group's music has been held in high esteem from members of bands such as Wilco, Yola Tango, Dinosaur Jr., and, and Japan Droids. So it's like, you know, I mean, and like I listened to some they of that, some that first record and, and yeah. like it's, I can see why there would be some street cred attached to it. So anyway, at the very least, like they've put out some work that has been um, critically acclaimed and has caught the attention of some people in bigger bands, which is kind of a, you know, maybe a little bit of a backdoor compliment, but it's compliment. No, I don't think it, I think it's a good compliment, you know, personally. Like, I think that, 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 you know, I mean, maybe it might, it might not, it may or may not feel that way to them, but, um, I've, I've, you know, got into a few bands because say Peter Buck liked them yeah. or Kurt Cobain or whoever, like that I never would have heard of that, you know, but they, you know, were just music geeks and really liked these particular bands that, for whatever reason, never really caught on beyond a few people. I actually, I think if I'm not totally crazy that, um, one of the pieces that I read said that Steve Wynn, who the guy, the main guy behind dream syndicate has actually worked with Peter Bucker. They're working on a project together. Did, of late. So, oh, I think he's in the baseball did, project. I was going to say, uh, did, that's what, did, maybe didn't that's he actually is. quit music business and go and build a bunch of casinos and, and I was going to say, yes, it is the same name of the guy who's like a casino magnate in, uh, Las Vegas. Because um, at this point, Steve like, Wynn. if if he if it were him, like, well, whatever, like, he's trying to get back to his roots. It's sort of like one of those, like, gotta go, gotta that go would be home. A radical change roots. of career move. Yeah, uh, Ryan, what do you what do you want to listen to for the second? Uh, one? I want to do one more. Um, this one to me is like kind of psych, like, I don't know, psych, uh, dream pop, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's it would fit well on the uh, what's the name of the uh, festival that got washed out that. Fire? No. No, 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 no. He's talking about the the Black Angels Festival, uh, Levitation. Uh, right. Levitation. Yeah, this like this would fit very well on that. So that's uh, 80 West.
apparently a dark road tale seemingly inspired by a 1950s crime pulp novel, according to the okay. Pitchfork. Yeah, I can see that. There, there are a lot of road references. Um, it feels a little Pixies, a little. I think it sounds like early Smashing Pumpkins, which is going to make Shane roll his eyes until they fall out. I didn't out. get that. You know, like Smashing Pumpkins is Gish, definitely Gish better. Gish era Smashing Pumpkins. That's, that's the last good record they did. William, yes. what's his name? William Franklin? William Patrick Corgan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, William Franklin. Seer Roosevelt. of things. Yes. I don't Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, I dig it. Like, uh, dynamics are good. Like, I can get into a little psychedelia here and there. Uh, it's not where I live and breathe, but, like... I really just don't I like, like it. his I love voice. the bass on it. I don't like his voice. Like, if, well, if that's, there were... that's trouble. Yeah, if there were... Like, some of the music is really good. Some of the lyrics are... I just, you know, I think it boils down to, like, sounds like, you know, there's just not a lot of well, interesting... Do you, like, do you like Jesus and Mary Chain? Because I, I think his voice sounds a lot like... Sure. I don't it, remember it, which Reed brother I, sings I, the most it, on that. I, I do like Jesus and Mary Chain, and I also um, feel like this sounds like, like his voice sounds a little bit like the singer for Jesus and Mary Chain, William Reed. And, um, uh, uh, damn it, Love and Rockets. Like, it sounds more like that uh, I to can me. see that. Like, there's a little bit yeah. of that. See, I was feeling like there was a little bit of John Cale in there too, in in some of these songs. Very kind of dry. It's just like John Cale is the Velvet Underground. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, there, he's on record. Uh, uh, what's his fuck? Win Steve Win, not the casino owner. I was going to say the guy. a giant uh, Velvet Underground fan. Yeah, and I mean, can... and that comes out in some of those. I didn't get it as much in that track, but I do think not that... in that track as much. No, but but yeah, there's some of that there for sure. You know, well. Go ahead. I'm not trying to, to say anything bad about this album. It's just kind of like, eh. I was actually, I, I was. I mean, would you I ever was, listen was, to it again? Sure. Really? I mean, if you yeah, heard a it on the, of the tracks, that one for sure. If you heard it on the radio, you wouldn't turn it off. But I mean, would you ever like think like, hmm, this is what I want to listen to today. This Dream Syndicate album. I mean, it'd probably be, you know, behind a few others in a queue. But like, I'm never going to be bummed that it's on. That, it's I not mean, bad. That 13 minute title track. It's probably a little little much for me. I do like that you have to hang in for eight minutes before there are lyrics. There are actually vocals. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like just like you just kind of picture somebody like kind of like almost nodding off, and then it's like, oh, oh hey, it sounded like that like, that album that title track. It sounded like they were like jamming and they were like jamming in the studio, and somebody was like, record this. Yeah, could be. Uh, who knows? I have a higher opinion of this record than you do, but it, I don't. It doesn't look, take much. I'm trying to tell you, like. What do you mean it doesn't take much? Well, to have a higher opinion of it than you do. Well, No, I, I think I'm just saying the things I don't like about it. Like, I mean, it, I would put it like a solid C if it were like A to Well, F. it's funny that uh, Pitchfork gave it a 6.9, which really, like, if I take a test and I get a 69 on it, I feel like I've done something really wrong. That's and a C. And I don't see that. Like, no pun intended. Um, oh, and, and if you listen to, or if you read the review, like, it's... Really, mostly like it's laudatory praise. Yeah. So. No, I I probably fall somewhere in between you guys on this. I think in general, like, uh, I don't, you know, I, like I don't think that I actually listened to some of the first record before I listened to this one, and it, it provided a little bit of context. Like, I haven't listened to the first it. record. Did you like it better? Um, it's a like. It's a little more raw, I think. See, like, I yeah, actually, like, like, after I had listened to this a few times, I went back and listened to the first album. Yeah. 
for the first time. Yeah. Because I thought... What was your take? Well, you know, this is one of these cases where I, I feel like maybe I'm missing something. Like, I'm not getting what other people are 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 getting out of this. Shane's I think. gesturing like I'm me saying, too. Like, yeah, I'm like yeah. giving you thumbs I, I just, up. Like, yeah, I listened to the too. first album, and yeah, I can see a lot of that raw power. I can see how maybe it was influential for a lot of people, but it just it still didn't gel for well, me. Well, I'll tell you, like one of, one of the things in particular about this band and their history is that that first record, even like. So the snow globe around that first album being whatever it was, like it was received well. They managed to land a, a, a major record deal out of it. And then they go, you know, they, they, before they put out another LP, they put out an EP called something like, this is not the next Dream Syndicate album. And it tanked. It did not do well. And A&M dropped them. And so they, they went off and wrote something else and they sent that in and that didn't, that didn't flap the flag. Put like rough trade and enigma and like like a bunch of like chrysalis. chrysalis. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean it's it sounds like for all intents and purposes like what really happened was that like that first album hit people hit a lot of influential people really right got them a lot of attention and then they just had a hard time following it up. But the the street cred on that first album was good enough that even after they got dropped they were able to bounce around to some other labels with some rep. Well, where, so, where I might anyway, be able to like tie it's a weird this up. road tie this up with you guys is like this record in particular and this is the one that I know at this point um, sounds like a lot of the influences that I really love and like they don't quite put it together as much as some of those bands that I do that said I still like it pretty much yeah I like do. you know I'm not gonna go out like telling every music fan I know that oh you gotta check out this incredible record you but don't I have to wear a sandwich board you could just like it okay <laughs> like, I don't know I'm, I, you really kind of turned me around here Kevin I <laughs> have an idea I'm just gonna I'm gonna be driving by like South Mar tomorrow and it's like Ryan like Here's what I'm with listening like to. Pamphlets like waving pamphlets. Hey, you know, you, Kevin, you know how I don't really like to. You know, Halloween's coming up, and you know how I don't really usually dress up for Halloween. I'm pretty lazy about it. But you just gave me a good idea: a sandwich board that's a sandwich. Oh, sure, yeah, you know, just two Meta. planks. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm a sandwich board. Do that. Can I have like a like a wig that's like a piece of cheese or like something? lettuce or something? Yeah, I'm just spitballing here. Uh, Let's go to intermission, please. <laughs> I really wanted to do Dream Theater. Um, I'm okay that you didn't. Yeah, it's I knew you. W- I knew you would be. And it's I, kind and of a second joke with Queens, joke. right? And I, and I no, 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 no. They're like, if you if you listen to their singles, they're second rate Queens, right? If you listen to their album tracks, which I've why done, why would you do that? It's more like a, it's very prog. It's like it's like um, it's like prog metal, but with a like a little I don't know. There's a little, it's a little more melodic, but yeah, I don't, I would, I, why Pop would I do metal, that? Because I wanted right. to torture you, yeah. but <laughs> like, I mean, let's just, no, I didn't, I, I, none of those things were true except for the fact that I did listen to some of it. But so at the end of the day, I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to do that to those guys, but I had been kind of thinking about this song and this video and this act since we did, since I since I got such a great response from playing Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I was like, 
I've been I've been wanting to play this song on the show for a while, and I was like, let's go back to like 1990 hip hop. Just it's a fertile period. It was a fertile period, but we had Tennessee, which is a very serious song. This is just a content wise, yeah, yeah, content wise, yeah. Um, you know, but you didn't have them wearing what you're talking about the Arrested Development song, uh, Tennessee. For yes, of, you haven't said Arrested Development. Well, we we watched it a couple of weeks ago. Well, I yeah. know, but we have listeners. Yes, Arrested Development, Tennessee. Sorry. Um, so we're going to listen to tonight. We're going to listen to um, PM Dawn's "Set Adrift on Memory, Bliss of You." Oh yeah. So Mark, do it. <laughs> Great. Oh, sure. No, I think we're all on the same page. It, it's, I, you know, I like, kick out of that it's funny whenever you see, like, Prince be, like, who we, by the way, you brought up last year, or maybe two years ago, when he died, I think, from diabetic complications or whatever. I had, that was, was a hefty man. Yeah, but I, that was the first time I had, like, gone back and listened to that song and looked, and I'm like, God damn, I love the shit they were wearing, like, when they were in early 90s uh, hip hop like, from like New York. Spike Lee. Kind of right, with like era. really bright colors, but also lots of jewelry, but also hippie at the same time. Like what was, those, what like, was that? Uh, a different world. Yes, it's, uh, yeah. it's like all the Dwayne Wayne, from, and he yeah. flipped his glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar, similar stuff. Um, Kevin pointed out. Okay, so let me just say, like the weird. I genuinely like that song. And, and I like the Spandau Ballet, ballet I, song too. I, I like that one better. There's a there's a saxophone in the Spandau Ballet one. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I do like it. But I like but they take the best part of that song and make it into a very poignant song. However, having said that, it's incredibly poignant. But then out of nowhere, he's like Christina Applegate, "You got to put me on," and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Like the whole you just changed the whole song. Like what your narrative <laughs> is in the song. So it makes it like originally he's like I like this girl I like this woman I hope she was a PM Dawn fan and then he's like makes it be about Christina Applegate for a second I was like no, he's just sh- getting specific I don't think it was about Christina Applegate maybe before he was a really big married with children fan so there's a bunch of crazy stuff around this like this song in particular so um, Prince B gave an interview to Details magazine and the '90s iteration of Details I really got a kick out of it was very different oh i used to be a subscriber yeah i'm going down the going in the wayback machine for a second but anyway um in this he did an interview uh in details and this was after this song hit number one uh november 30th 19 like thanksgiving week 1991 and uh gave this interview to details in which he expressed uh, skepticism of rapper krs1's activism and he said KRS-One wants to be a teacher, but a teacher of what? 
Anyway, so KRS-One and his crew, Boogie Down Productions, uh, responded by storming a PM Dawn concert, forcing the group off stage, and this is the part that really gets me, and performed two of their own songs. I'm still number one, and the bridge is over. And then he defended... Uh, KRS-One defended his actions in USA Today by saying, I answered his question, a teacher of what? I'm a teacher of respect. So, anyway. That's <laughs> like, like proto-Kanye uh, well, conduct. Yeah. That's the funny thing yeah. if you think about that that era of, like, like hip, it was very socially conscious. I'm, I'm talking about, like, in New York. It was very socially conscious. Um, and so, like, that's, like, the, like, hippiest beef ever. You know, like, we're going to push you all the way. Do two of our songs and be like, I'm a... And, and they're just like, okay. This is what I'm a teacher of. Well, that's the other thing. Well, it's they like, just left the stage? I guess. I mean, did that did Prince B strike you as a man who's going to, you know, put up a big fight? Like, I don't I don't know. Maybe. Probably well, maybe sometimes not. you get fooled by people like that. I don't know. He seems well, very, wants... very chill. Well, so I looked up uh, while that was playing, like... Uh, the Wikipedia entry for this particular song, and it's credited to Atrell Chords, Prince B, and Gary Kemp of Spandau Ballet. So I wonder if they cleared it first, because this was right around when yeah. people would just record uh, shit. No, it was actually right after. Like, like All of that stuff was sort of like set in motion because of Three Feet High and Rising, which came out to... And uh, no doubt Paul's Boutique. Well, yeah, same thing, 89. Yeah, a yeah. couple of years later. I mean, this may have been before they, they made the whatever... But apparently, it, yeah, it got cleared, and then they had the motherfucker. Yeah, in the video. so 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 yeah, so out of nowhere, I mean, but nothing like phased me on this video. You know, there's there's women dancing in the white sands, and two dudes with like really hippie slash hip hop from 1991 stuff on, and then all of a sudden, there's like a white dude coming like 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 treading water underwater, floating through. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, welcome Gary Kemp. He's okay, a Spandau like, Ballet. Pardon me. So, and so, speaking of Spandau Ballet, I, w- I would like to tell you this. So, the first time, like, I, I like, um, even before this song came out, um, I watched a movie. Was it Benji? It, no, it was called The Craze, and it was about uh, the Craze, the famous gangster family. And um, so, I don't know if you guys know this, but Spandau Ballet, the singer Gary Kemp, and then he had another brother. Are that you was talking the, about uh, Reggie and Ronnie Cray? Reggie and Ronnie Cray. But the Spandau. I don't it, think that's what that. Rec- uh, that- Movie's called, but go ahead. It's called The Craze, the original okay. one. The one that came out in 1990. Oh, yes, okay. It's called The Craze. There's one that came out like two Recently, years ago. Recently, yeah. yeah. So um, the, 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 the men that acted as The Craze were the twin brothers who were the singer and guitar player, I believe, um, of Spendo Ballet. Later, that song, or bef- right before that movie came out, that song was, the, the Craze were um, immortalized in a song called Last of the Famous Last of International of Playboys. And which was there a, the requisite Morrissey reference. Which was a 12-inch by Morrissey. So if you're playing the game at home, check off your card. Yeah, everybody drink. <laughs> yeah, so um, I uh, I just wanted to bring that up for Kevin. So that's the first time that I had ever, like, I knew that the dudes and that. Anyway, whatever. We can go back into the thing. But that's a great song. It is a great song. Like what? There was it was a very fertile ground there from like 1990 to 19. You know, there was a lot of stuff great before and great after, but there was like this gentleness and like East Coast. Yeah, hip-hop. it was it was like like very hooky, hippie, and, hippie, hooky and gentle East Coast hip hop, just there for about two or three years. Yeah, it was there, and then it just went away. You know, but I mean, there was still great they were stuff trying that came to like after. raise consciousness and whatnot. Well, they didn't. Well, oh, well, maybe they maybe did briefly. For a few people, sure, sure, sure. Okay, all right, let's get out of here.
Back to uh, Dream Syndicate. I almost said Dream Theater. Back to... Because I want you to see a Back Dream Theater. Back to Dream Syndicate the on the show. <laughs> We're going to have a, we're, we're just do a blooper reel of like every time you Basically from now on, guys, like, yeah. Ryan and I are just going to have a musical segment for about four or five seconds, I think, mm-hmm. every week. Like, we'll do our blues guitar. Like, and, hey, do you guys like man, listening to... And, 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 and Mark our, can drop uh, some uh, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. <laughs> yeah. some, uh, Get on a back <laughs> Welcome back. They clearly haven't been noticing that I've been editing all of these out. Every yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why he said it's just, it's just one it's of those It's going to be a things. big blooper reel. It's yeah. going to be a big blooper reel. And so, like, if you mm. enjoy listening to somebody likes it. Or just it, find yourself trapped, and here we are. We, we can do we a can, bonus show of bloopers <laughs> for the hardcore fans. Oh, he probably makes them just go away. So, yeah, you wish. There's no like tape on the cutting floor anymore, dude. Speaking of going away, there is a band that went away for years and then came back (laughs) and put out a new record. They're called Dream Dream Syndicate. Oh, that's right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've said mostly what I need to say about them. Uh, I think it's a. Totally pleasant record. I, like, um, I like, tend to fall closer like, to that. You sound like you sound like a dad, like whose kids are like running around inside, throwing mud at each other, and your head is in your hands. You're like, I do love them. I really, <laughs> I really do. Well, I think we should just uh, maybe just go into another track. All right, and I'm, I'm mostly amused. I actually, here's what I want to do, Mark. I want to go into the title track. How did I find myself here? And oh I want, no! And I want you to find the point when there actually are vocals and see how far into the song you need to get to because Shaden apparently thought it was an instrumental and gave up no I kept going I kept I literally kept like putting my finger and like sliding I was on a walk and I was like nah you know I just can't listen to this jam band shit anymore it is jam bandy but it's like I said Madchester jam bandy and not Jerry Garcia jam bandy that's true but that's because there was the organ in the background like alright we'll discuss Prodigal son who could not go on. How did I find myself here? Open wide and I swallowed the tide. How did I find myself here? So I definitely think the Stone Roses are a better band, but lyrically, that's about Ian Brown's level. Now, okay, more yeah, so, more so sure. now. Yeah, the Stone Roses are a much better band. Actually, I will say this: like I was kind of giving him shit about uh, being a singer, um, but he's probably a better singer than Ian Brown. It's, it's that's probably not. I'm probably a better singer than Ian Brown. Yeah, if my cat like you know, farted right now. That would probably be better than Ian Brown. However, the Stone Roses have put out some incredible Depends songs. Depends on the cat. You have several. Sure. Anyway, yeah, I, I was saying like a generic cat. That foam black cat on the floor over there. Yeah. It's a very, it is a stone, it is a Stone Rosy track. It is. It, 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 it is. It's like, the, but it's Stone Roses like, um, 
again, like you were saying, like like they were like fused in amber or whatever. Like that's like a that's the uh, second coming version of the Stone Roses. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, second coming uh, lyrically style, but like uh, there's a lot of that stuff on that first record that just it like doesn't sound like that. There's no of... there's no keyboards on like like that. There's no like Fender Rhodes and. Yeah, what's one? Stuff. Fool's Gold? Does that have, to have keyboards uh, on it? Oh, there's lots of... Yeah, but anyway... You it, like that? That was actually a different band, by the way. That was the Shards. No, that, I mean, that song just sounds... And they named the record after it, but... That song just sounds like a bunch of guys got really high and just started playing. The whole album sounds like they're really high. Like, in the song Glide, he's like, I'm just gonna glide up here and let my brain turn off. You know, like, whatever. That's not what he says, but that's basically what he says. And again, it's not bad. That's actually musically the best song in the album. In my, that's like the Glide. most shoegaze music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are little elements of a bunch of things that we all like, and um, I, I still like it better than probably the rest of the people in the, this room. But um, I think Mark not perfect had the most astute observation, in my opinion. It was just dull. It's not bad. That's two weeks in a row that I've been labeled astute. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't get used to it. <laughs> I'll call you a dude. I don't know about a stude. A dude, uh, a stude. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I don't. Know. Uh, who's got? Um, I have our. I have our, our uh, current, current affair. affair. So, um, Julian Baker has a new record out. Oh. And uh, and uh, the first single off it is a little bit of a departure from her last stuff. So I thought we'd give it a spin. We're gonna listen to "Turn Out the Lights." I'd never do it, but it's not a joke I can't tell the difference when I'm all alone Is it real or a dream? Which is worse, can you help me? I just wanted to go to sleep You're not the And I turn out the No one Yeah, so that's the that's a title track, Turn Out the Lights to her upcoming LP. So Matador now, I guess, huh? Yeah, I think so. Moving well, up. Well, there was a Matador Logo that came logo up the on there—that'd be yeah. weird if she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, "Hey guys, listen to this song." <laughs> Man, I don't know that she ever. She doesn't seem like a "Hey guys" kind of girl. But, no, she uh, does not. <laughs> well, Kevin, you said that was a little bit of a departure. I don't. See I don't it as feel much it as a end. departure at all. I think maybe he's I'll, saying the, the 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 scrunchy stuff in the end of it. At like, the end, yeah. Of it. So yeah, the idea basically the songs on um, "Sprained Ankle," her previous release, which we covered here. Uh, were so like not necessarily universally quiet, but predominantly quiet. That yeah, it was, I, it was more incrementally thing. louder. Yeah, well, at the very least, like she let herself, like she, you know, leaned into the distortion pedal. A bit I at love the that song, man. I yeah. could listen to that all day long. I love you could that thanks artist. to the internet. 
and Thanks, this Kevin. show. Yes, yes. I could just go back and listen to like Modern the one minute long, man. like the 30-second <laughs> long clip that Mark's going to attach to this. I'll just listen. To. Do you guys remember in, <laughs> there was an old Office episode where like uh, yes. Michael was like, he, he would he would he'd Broke it up with somebody he never was with, and he was like playing like a thirty seconds that he could get for free from iTunes <laughs> yeah. over and over again. So you're gonna do that? I'm gonna do that with this Julian Baker song. As and and the the sad truth would be that like in that scenario, you would buy the track and it would only give you the rest of it, not the thirty seconds. I would buy that play. whole goddamn song. That's yeah. but now we don't have to. We have streaming now. But yes, true. That that I love her. I you love know, her music. I I just. So if you so if you look on so if you uh, quick plug for our Facebook page if you yeah if you look at the masthead for our Facebook page it's a picture of uh, just a snapshot that I took of Julian Baker at South by Southwest a couple of years ago and what I remember and what I'm reminded of from just watching the video and basically we haven't talked about the narrative of the video where she's following a fuse following a fuse around. it was actually a pretty cool video no it's something a, it was so well cool shot. but yeah. simplistic concept but. But it was one of those things, I hate to, to, like, it's like when you were, like, uh, when you're hanging with somebody that's really stoned when you're, like, 19, and they're, like, makes you think. Made you think, didn't it? Yeah. Like, it was, like, one of those A little bit. Kind of I mean, I was following No, I'm just saying, time. like, I'm just, we're not 19 and not really stoned is what I'm saying. Like, it was one of those, like, highly high concept but easy execution. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. And here, I mean, here's the thing. I guess the point that I was trying to make is that, that when I saw her, I was reminded of what it was like to to see her in person because in the show that she had that she played and I we I'd go back and listen to the old episode if you want to hear the original comments on it but like basically there was somebody that didn't that like somebody got sick or like yeah, there, she there was, filled in for somebody she filled in for somebody and so she had like twice the time that she was supposed to have but it was like a four or five act set and they were coming up on the end of the time when you could actually play day parties before they had to clear everybody out for the evening showcases at South by Southwest. So she had to kind of hurry, even though she had a little bit more time than usual. And she's very tiny. And she climbed up on stage in what is technically regularly a reggae bar with about 20 people in it. And, uh, and just really grabbed that room by the throat. And I thought like the way that she, like her, the way that her, body moves like the way that she just that she walks like she just looks Shane made the comment that she looked fragile like which is I think one of the things that you kind of said I, I think fra- fragile I just said like she looks maybe that's the wrong word maybe that's not the like word a, used. like a like a like a like a like a doe or like a kitten yeah that you just like that's lost in the woods and you just want to take care of but her. she does I until think, she but I don't but that's so so and then her voice say that her voice yeah. completely betrays that visual that was the thing is like, right yeah. right uh, yeah i don't mean she that was a little more throaty on this track than she was on spring angle yeah yeah and it's, wasn't it's not it's not i, not, I like, don't mean that in a patriarchal like fucking oh, you know sure. whatever like thing like that it's just like um there's just a fragility in in there's what a she vulnerability does. there's a vulnerability her, her right that's yeah, a better way sure. to put it yeah but yeah i think she does she does this and the it, I, i'm also it's I'm, I'm also reminded of the fact that in interviews Apparently, like most of the people who have have interviewed her, are like she's like bubbly and upbeat, which is right. like not how she is in her songs at all. Like, I think that I think a lot of times you see this with like people like Radiohead or like all kinds of people that are like you know songs are not the characters that you're you're either you you know you could be exercising demons or you could be writing a song about a character, even though you're singing in first person that has nothing to do with you. 
Like I always think it's really interesting when when people are surprised that people that write you know kind of dour music, not dour, but you know like sad music or whatever. Like they're like, oh hey, how are you doing? Like it hasn't. These songs are not necessarily always just about themselves. They're about like ideas and characters. It's like I think yeah. part of her legend is that the those original tracks were just written like, and they're just performed in like a sound booth originally like as demos at uh, Middle Tennessee State or something. And so they have this really small, intimate, like eavesdropping quality to them. And so anyway, yeah, I yeah, think that I that's that. kind of helped her. Yeah, I get like, that. Totally. That's think really her. cool. Yeah. I'm definitely see. I'm, you can hear the, the production value in this as well. It's, mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's a lot. It's much yeah. more elevated. Well, she's and got a bigger budget now. Those, and... those you know, when, when they double up with the harmonies, those come in, you feel a lot more power out of her voice. But I still this. think that those, that, that first record, like, was so, like, like those songs were so, in, they were, a lot of them were really intense. Like, it kind of benefited from having that booth stuck in that. Well, you no, know, it kind of sounded like, like she'd situation. really been through some shit. Uh, if you listen to those lyrics on the, yeah, on the first car wrecks and stuff. And, uh, Anyway, apparently she's like fairly upbeat and bubbly in person. Anyway, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's the that's the title track off her upcoming LP. Well, that's a fucking great song, and thank you for playing it. There you go. And it, especially after all of um, me hijacking the show and playing all that Dream Theater earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody's just, if you're just tuning into the end of the show and have missed you, all of the content. You know some people are going to go out and actually listen to Dream Theater and be really disappointed. Oh, they're going to find Dream Theater if they check into the show in a few weeks. Yeah. They might just have to listen to a whole show. So we call foreshadowing in the business. In, in, in about the, Dream Theater. In the podcasting business. So, However, until then, Kevin, what do you have next week? Yeah, so um, so next week we're going to listen to another um, recent release. This one from um, a band, an, an L.A. band called... Um, called wand and uh, w-a-n-d w-a-n-d they have a record out called plum so we just get a lot of single words um but yeah the the album is um is the the product of a guy named Corey hansen who's been who's part of the garage scene in la like has kind of been worked with both michael cronin and ty siegel who has just again put something out new yeah i think he does that like every Three or four days, maybe. Seems like it. Yeah. Ty Siegel. Yeah, yeah he's, they're usually good. Yeah, he's the Netflix of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a big budget that Ty Siegel. But anyway, yeah. So we're gonna listen next week. We're gonna listen to uh, we're gonna listen to um, Plum from Wand. Tune well, in. Two sounds great to me. Anyway, till then, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it. <laughs>